This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blimke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. You can now listen to all of our episodes and see show notes at FriendlyAtheistPodcast.com. Noelle George is a secular activist interested in making a tangible difference in the world rather than simply arguing about religion behind a keyboard. She founded the Secular Center in Houston and coordinates the -the on-the-ground volunteer program for Foundation Beyond Belief, a group I work with. But her latest endeavor is aimed at helping those people who most need it. It's called Secular Avenue. The website is secularavenue.org. And the group will assist those who are unsafe at home because they are no longer religious, living under religious extremism, victims of domestic abuse, or coming out as LGBTQ. Secular Avenue will offer those people financial help, counseling, and legal assistance, among other things. Full disclosure, I serve in an advisory capacity for the organization. Noelle, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Hemet. Sure. So, <laughs> where did this idea come from for Secular Avenue? And, like, why hasn't it happened already, I guess? It seems like such a worthwhile endeavor. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why it hasn't happened already. Um, what happened is that in 2001, I founded a, an online community for atheist moms. Um, and at that time, I really had no idea that it would inspire me to create Secular Avenue. Um, what would happen in the group is that community members would post about situations they were experiencing at home, like domestic violence, sexual violence, um, financial abuse, as in being limited, extreme, extremely limited in the finances they were allowed by their spouse. Um, no support networks, no resources to leave, um, and they didn't have a way out. And the members of the community that I founded would come together in such inspiring ways to help the people in need. Um, they would send clothes and toys. They set up online fundraising pages. Um, and one member of our group actually was traveling internationally with her family when her husband physically abused her, and another member of the group drove for several hours across international lines to transport her and her children to a safe place. So the capacity to help each other was there. Yeah, it was a really inspiring story. Um, But I realized that we needed a formal avenue for these efforts. And so that's why I created Secular Avenue. So, um, and the people you help, do you have kind of vague demographics? Do you find that you find more people from certain parts of the country or the world who need your help more than others? Well, right now we're targeting people who are unsafe at home, like Hemet said. So, um, these are people all over the U.S. who, for whatever reason, are having abuse at home and, um, So far, the interest that we've had has been nationwide. Um, Of course, because of safety reasons, I can't get into details about 
who were helping um, mm-hmm. for safety and security reasons. But um, I can say that it's been pretty much coast to coast, the, the interest that we've had, um, the people who have applied. Is it mostly um, women? Is it mostly older women? Because that's, I mean, I guess when you say things like domestic abuse, when mm -hmm. you say things like uh, living under this religious kind of extremism, that's the demographic I'm thinking of. But, I mean, are you getting teenagers? uh, We haven't gotten any teenagers yet, no. But we're also very new. We just Mm -hmm. launched in 2014. So um, we are in talks with an organization that supports... um, people leaving religion to um, have them refer people to us. And so I expect that we'll get an increased demographic of teenagers um, or more a wider demographic when that happens. I don't know whether to say if that's a good thing or that's really <laughs> disappointing, but... Well, as long as they're getting well, help to the people who yeah. need it. it. It is both, I think. Yeah. It is both, but I think people are going to leave religion. People are leaving religion um, and it's important to have a way to support them, especially for those people who are unsafe because of leaving religion. And, um, you know, I'm going to talk a lot about people who are unsafe, but Secular Avenue is not just going to be helping people who are unsafe. That's our initial program. But we also want to help people who maybe um, get in a medical situation where they have a lot of bills and they need some extra help or Um, people who have lost their job and they're beginning to become homeless. Anyone in need is going to be the demographic that Secular Avenue is going to focus on in the future. It's just that right now for our initial program, we decided to focus on one of the greatest needs out there, and that is people who are unsafe because everyone should have a safe place at home. Mm -hmm. Sure. We hear a lot of stories about um, gay teens getting kicked out of their houses, um, but I feel like I haven't heard as much about um, people getting ousted because of religious reasons. Is that a lot more common than than we might think? I believe it is, yes. Do you think we don't hear those stories very often? Is it something that affects atheists more than anyone else? Or, say, a woman trying to break free of, like, fundamentalist Islam or something like that? I think we don't hear the stories because we haven't had a venue to hear the stories yet. Mm-hmm. Um I think that the LGBT movement has a lot of resources out there to help people. Um, And I think that the secular community doesn't really. Um, This is really the first organization out there that um, is targeting the secular community specifically to help everyone in need. Um, We have other organizations that target the secular community, but it's not their primary focus to help people in need. Maybe they're, um, have a specific demographic, uh, like ex Muslims of North America. Um, but there's no organization out there that is like secular Avenue that is focusing on, let's see what we can do to help people in the secular community who need help. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious about the kind of people who come to you for help. Are they people who want to leave the church or wherever they, you know, whatever religious institution they're in completely and they're atheists and are getting away from that whole thing? Or is it people who like, you know, I still believe in God, but I don't want to be in this particular sect. I feel unsafe. I mean, can you speak a little bit to that? 
Uh, it would be hard to speak a little bit to that because we don't have a wide enough uh, demographic from that sure. um, area. So if I spoke to that, I might be uh, Way getting too specific <laughs> into one person's situation or a few people's situation. So, so let's step back. Um, let's step back for a second. Then, when you launch this thing, it is a relatively new organization, but you have gotten people yeah. expressing interest in needing your help. How did they find you oh, in the yeah. first place? Um, they find us through social media. They find us through um, in-person referrals. Um, we are working with several other organizations, partnering with them um, to refer people to us. Um, we aren't ready to announce those partnerships yet, but uh, we're very close to announcing them. Um, they are specifically secular organizations as well as um, secular outside the secular movement organizations but, but who are still secular organizations. And so, these groups um, working with you, are they assi- how are they assisting these people? How are they working with Secular Avenue? Well, they might be able to um, help people through kind of some general referrals and so on and so forth, but Secular Avenue provides some really specific services. We provide financial aid uh, packages so, for example, uh, if someone was needing to leave their home because of religious abuse or because of leaving religion, and they had an aunt in a different location across the country that they could go stay with, but they didn't have a way to get there, um, Secular Avenue would pay for hotel rooms and a bus ticket, you know, and gotcha. so on and so forth, or if they had a car. So we would um, get them to that safe place in that way. Um, Another example of a way that we could help is someone who's experiencing domestic abuse. Um, Let's say that they're being financially controlled and they don't have a safe. um, They can't even spend money to use to call to call um, local resources so we can provide them with a phone a prepaid cell phone so that they can get with their local resources so if Um, i am the person if i'm a person in that situation and i needed the help what would i have to do um what people do is they go to our website um www.secularavenue.org and um i'm going to say exactly how to get there. They go to the We Can Help section. There's information in that section about how we can help, and there's also safety tips for people who are in an unsafe situation, how to clear your browser history, um, to start keeping a journal of incidents that happen, pack a bag of essentials, um, and keep it with a a trusted friend or in a safe place um, in case you have to leave quickly. Um, And there's also an application, and people fill out the application, we get it, and um, we respond within 24 hours and sooner if um, wow. if it's a you know sensitive situation. What if I'm worried about my anonymity? I don't want anyone to know my name, that I'm asking for this help, because maybe I assume that would be an issue a lot of people have. Sure. Right. And in our application, there's information uh, about how we can contact you. We don't ever contact anyone without their permission. Um, Although, you know, there is a certain need to have an exchange if we're going to be providing support. But there's a lot of options that um, people can have someone else fill out the form for them. They can check what uh, venue is best to contact them, like a 
we have a discreet phone call option. So we identify ourselves as a friend um, and ask if it's safe for them to talk. Um, we also have an option that it's not safe to contact them at all. And that they can call us at our phone number, which is 323-723-3069. And, um, so they, they can, can call you from another place if they don't want you contacting them. Right. But there is a certain need to figure out a way to correspond at some point so that we can conduct a needs assessment and find out what they most need and, um, and figure out our aid package. Sure. Um, maybe this is a naive question because I don't know a lot about all of this, but you said that you have them keep like a journal of incidents. Is that for legal purposes or what, what do you need that for? Well, on our safety tips page, um, that's one thing that people can do. Um, and the journal to write down what you remember about the abuse and add to it if abuse continues to occur um, is helpful for two reasons. One is that um, if you get a restraining order, um, then the journal can be really helpful as a as documentation of the abuse. And another reason is that a lot of times, um, I think the statistic is that it takes someone up to seven times to leave their abuser, at least in a wow. domestic um, abuse situation, uh, uh, intimate partner abuse. Yeah, so, um, you know, it can be a helpful tool because there's a definite cycle of abuse and it can be really hard to get up the courage to leave. It can be a helpful tool when someone is feeling... Um, unsure or feeling like, well, um, my abuser didn't mean it, mm-hmm. um, or it was my fault for some reason. These are things a lot of people often tell themselves. And so it can be a helpful tool to review and say, no, this was not okay. Um, if you consider going back to your abuser, it can be a really helpful tool. I have to ask, just hearing all these stories, and and you haven't even told us necessarily specific stories about people in need because it is a new organization, but I have to imagine when you're working with uh, people in these situations, it has to take some sort of emotional toll on you Mm -hmm. as being kind of the middle person in all of this and trying to help these people out. Um, Are you going to be okay handling, you know, hearing these stories left and right and, uh, like, I can't even imagine getting these emails like, I'm in an abusive relationship and I need to get out, or my family's going to do something yeah. because they found out I don't believe in God. Um, how are you going to take care of yourself in, in when you're getting all these correspondences? Um, yeah, it is. I mean, obviously, it's not as hard for me as the people who are going through it. Um, but um, it's important to self-care, you know. Personally, I, I unwind by reading or... Um, playing music and just doing things that I enjoy but um, this is really important to me I mean I the thing that I worry about the most is that we're not going to have enough money to help all this all the people that we need to help um, that uh, we're not going to be able to reach out to people that need us because you know we're so new and um, we're not getting the word out well enough so these are the things that I that I worry about. Um, but self-care is really important, I think. So uh, to those listening, what can we do to help? Um, monetary donations, things like that? Or are you looking for people to volunteer? Um, I don't think we need any volunteers at the moment. Um, we may in the future. One 
area that we do need is we need legal advisors, um, people that are specializing in family law or even in nonprofit law. Um, as we move forward, we are dealing with um, some pretty specific and unprecedented um, things that we need to develop. We um, have had to learn about um, safety and security for people who are unsafe. We've developed a confidentiality policy um, and a lot of things like that um, that we could use some um, legal advice on. So business um, specialty, nonprofit specialty, but especially uh, family law. Um, so if you have, so like if we have develop- anyone listening who uh, is an expert in family law, is a lawyer who practices that, or anyone who wants to make a financial contribution, what should they do? People who are interested in being a legal advisor for Secular Avenue should contact us at secularavenue at gmail.com. People who would like to make a donation can visit our website at secularavenue.org. And there is a donate button there, and they can make a donation through PayPal. And if um, if it's a donation that they prefer to send by check, we can do that as well, and they can contact us with that email address for um, information about where to send it. Sounds great. And we'll make sure we put that in the show notes as well. Um, I'm curious, when you're going okay, through developing this organization, like you said, uh, there are groups that help you know, LGBTQ uh, kids who are going through similar situations. What did you learn from those organizations who have done something like this before? I think we've learned most from the domestic violence um, shelter. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the people on our board works at a domestic violence shelter, and there's quite a lot of um, domestic violence shelters out there, but a lot of times they're religious, and so that's why... That's one reason why we wanted to focus on this is because, um, you know, somebody doesn't want to have to go and pray or um, be told that they just needed to pray harder. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't have been abused and things like that. Do they like really that. say that? It does happen. It does oh my happen, God. yes. <laughs> it does happen. And in some places, there's no shelter or there's no place that's not uh, religious, has religious um uh, identity and um, some places are not friendly to trans. Um, like they'll they won't accept trans clients because they don't know whether to put them with the men or the women. Mm-hmm. This happens, mm-hmm. um, and so there's a lot of discrimination out there for um, for different demographics. And so, what we've learned from the domestic violence organizations, though, are they're, they've developed a very good procedures of how to get people out and how to deal with people who are experiencing abuse. So we can take those procedures, build on those and learn from those and apply those to people who are leaving religion and apply those to people in the secular community. And that's what we're doing. That's, I mean, I, I hope it works out. I, I actually don't hope it works out because I wish people didn't have that need, but I, I, Hope they get the help they need. Yeah. Let me change subjects for just a second because I'm fascinated by the other work you do for Foundation Beyond Belief, which is that you kind of oversee <laughs> all the volunteering efforts, like on the ground uh, in cases of like a hurricane or something, and oh. you need on the ground volunteers. There are groups that are there to help people in need. Uh, and I'm just curious, like, 
have you learned anything from religious groups that have done something similar? Uh, what have you gotten out of that? What have you learned from that experience coordinating these volunteers? Because a lot of people say this is one thing religious people do better yeah. than atheists. And I mean, right. we even saw this in Time magazine a year or two ago where Joe Klein wrote an article said, you know, after the Oklahoma hurricane, uh, there there were religious groups everywhere, but right. atheist groups were nowhere to be found. Some version of that. Organized atheists. Yeah, there were no organized there. atheists anywhere. <laughs> hurting cats. Um, right. Yeah, and actually, let me make a, a small correction before I forget. My current title at Foundation Beyond Belief is Director of Special Projects. Yeah. So I'm managing um, Week of Action that's coming up here in uh, in April, end of April, and also the um, second annual Foundation Beyond Belief Conference. Um, that is in Harvard on July 24th through the 26th. So um, that's what I'm doing now. But I have in the past uh, managed volunteers beyond belief as well as um, over um, supervised kind of the development of the um, the humanist uh, disaster responders, which is what Rebecca Vitzman has been working on. Um, and she's and the one who told Wolf here. Blitzer on CNN, like, I'm actually yeah. an atheist when uh, he yeah. had, he I'm assumed she was religious. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, her story is um, when you hear her tell her story, it's so inspiring and, and amazing and, and um, harrowing and sad. But, um, you know, she talks about how she was proselytized to um, at that extremely vulnerable moment when she had lost everything and she didn't know what she was going to do and where else she was going to go. And these religious groups that had come out to, um, to help people had, you know, tried to get them to pray together and said, let's pray together and so on and so forth. And it's this, um, this is one of the reasons that I started Secular Avenue because you know, we're talking about people who are in an extremely vulnerable place in their lives. You know, they're leaving an abuser, they're leaving religion, they're coming out as LGBTQ, and they don't know where to go. They don't know where to turn. And then they have these groups that are coming to them and saying, let's pray together. You know, what are they going to say? Mm-hmm. They they end up compromising their worldview and their values because they don't know where else to go. And that's to me is is a travesty, you know, that that people who are in these vulnerable situations, they they are subjected to something that they don't want to be subjected to. And Secular Avenue is not going to do that. And to be um, clear, Secular Secular Avenue isn't about to say, we'll help you out, but you can't be a person of church. faith. <laughs> yeah. You're not saying anything like right. that. Right. We don't we don't ask that question. Um, we are targeting the secular community, but we don't ask people specifically if they're secular or not. Mm-hmm. Do you because find... Because you can't do that. Right. <laughs> and you shouldn't, right. if you could. <laughs> and you shouldn't do that, exactly. Do you find that it's uh, difficult to get atheists to volunteer their time or donate money? And do you think there's a way we can be better as a community about that? I think it's easier to donate money when you are know a specific person's story. Mm. And that's going to be a challenge for Secular Avenue because when 
you know, we are helping people. We can't tell their story. Right. You, you know, can't put them on a billboard. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and that's exa- another thing. Exactly. People are in a vulnerable position. You know, we don't want to say we'll help you, but you have to share your story with us. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, I really would like to encourage people to, to think about that, to think about, you know, it is easier to give to somebody that you know, and it's, it's going to be a little bit um, harder to to do it when you don't know the specific person's situation. Um, but there are really a lot of people out there in need um, who we can help if we if we can just um, I don't know have a little faith or something. I guess I don't know. <laughs> it is, here's a true story. I I've done some fundraisers on Friendly Atheists before. Uh, I'll give you one example. Like Jessica Alquist fought this First Amendment battle at oh, her yeah. high school. And everyone seemed to had heard they'd heard about her story. They wanted to help out. And we set up a fundraiser on the mm-hmm. site. They gave money like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. It was like seventy thousand dollars by the end of all of it. It was ridiculous. And and amazing too. Sure. Because they just wanted to help her out in some way and that was all part of a scholarship for college. But what was amazing mm-hmm. is that you know, uh, at another time, I remember for Foundation Beyond Belief, we had a group of, uh, we called them the Pathfinders. They went yeah. overseas to do volunteer work, kind of like a secular mission trip. We, we spoke to Connor, Connor on the on podcast the before. Um, they they were doing all this amazing work without, you know, atheist evangelizing of any sure. sort. And at one point, they were trying to raise money to build a latrine in one of the countries that they were in. Mm -hmm. And they set up a fundraiser page for it to build a bathroom for the people who needed it. How can you not want to help out in that situation? But, Noelle, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, this was not a specific person. They just said, look, this is something that this town or this community, community. yeah, they need. Um, Can you help us uh, get the finances we need to build it? And I posted this on my site, and we had a hell of a time trying to get people to chip in for that that because there was no story. It wasn't like I had, you know, a little child who needed to go to the bathroom. It was like, no, you're just kind of helping everybody in general. And it's a lot harder to get people to give when, like you're saying, when you don't have a specific face uh, to to attach to the story. Um, and, and like you're saying, that might be an obstacle, but I hope people realize, like, no, this is a need mm-hmm. that, that a lot of people, including atheists, have. And you would be helping a lot of people out um, by by fundraising for this particular cause. And a lot of people I've too. heard a lot of people have said so many times, you know, atheists don't do as much for charity as religious people do. And the argument I would argue what I would say to that is that no it's that we don't necessarily do it as a group of atheists we do it we do it because we just do but we don't announce that we're atheists necessarily it's not like we're less right. generous yeah. or less charitable or less willing to volunteer uh, and this is what i like about foundation beyond belief this is what i like about the volunteering aspect of it too which is that we don't care if you announce that you're part of our group, but we want to just coordinate this because mm-hmm. that's what churches do really well. Really well. Yeah, they can get right. groups and, together. Know, Foundation Beyond Belief does is such an amazing organization. I'm lucky to be a part of it. Um, I've been a part of it since, uh, I guess, also 2011. But, um, you know, what Foundation Beyond Belief does is we demonstrate the humanist generosity to the outside world. You know, and what Secular Avenue does is we take care of our own. 
you yeah. know, that's what. And I not even just your own. You're taking care of people who don't even necessarily say they're atheists. Yeah. Right. Right. But especially um, we are reaching out to people in the secular community who don't have anywhere else to turn. They don't have a support system. They don't want to go to a religious charity. Um, We're saying that, you know, we are here for you. I keep thinking back to that article about, you know, where were the atheists? And I feel like a good analogy is like in college, I didn't do a lot of volunteer work. A lot of sororities did volunteer, volunteer work. That doesn't mean they were morally better than I was. They just had the mechanism. Yeah, they had the mechanism in place to pursue that. So I feel like it's not a fair thing to say, like, atheists are worse because, I don't know, it's a frustrating conundrum for me, though. I don't know. Well, we're getting more and more venues to express our our caring about the world. Yeah. And I think that is only a good thing. Yeah, you see a lot more articles of people mentioning, you know, what atheists are doing in terms of volunteering, in Mm -hmm. terms of doing this and that. And, yeah, it's just nice to see that added to the mix because I I wouldn't make the argument that we're more moral necessarily in this area or I wouldn't let it pass that churches are better than we are. It's just a matter of, you know, if I'm an atheist and I want to volunteer, where am I going to go? I can't. I'm not doing it with the local church, so Mm -hmm. I can do it on my own. But no one's saying that I'm doing this because I'm a humanist and I want to help out. So it's kind of nice to have these venues. And Foundation Beyond Belief has the Beyond Belief Network, which is over 100 local teams around the country. And, you know, there's likely, that's a lot of groups. So there's likely a group in uh, close by that atheists can go and volunteer at there that's part of the Beyond Belief Network. Mm -hmm. Well, Noel, thank you so much for uh, talking to us. We will post all the information about Secular Avenue uh, with the show notes for this podcast. Um, but it, once again, if anyone is interested in learning more about the organization or making a donation to it, which I hope you do, it's secularavenue.org. Thanks for being Thanks with for us. Thanks, Emmett and Jessica, for having me. It's our pleasure. Thanks for all the work you do. Thanks for listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. This episode was taped at Cinnamon Sound Studios in Aurora, Illinois. The music was composed by Brad Chagdis. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a contribution at Patreon.com slash Hemant. That's He-Man T. We appreciate your support. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at FriendlyAtheistPodcast at gmail.com. I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. We hope you'll join us next time. Thank you.